Well, we. Whose husband is that? What a blessing to be in the house. Mori ora kite rangi. Mori ora kite finwa. Mori ora kite kaito katoa. Kote mehi tua tahi kite atua. Noreira tena kui. Kite taha o toku mama. Ko pauirua te maunga. Ko nga toki mata fairua te waka. Ko waitangi te awa. Ko te tii te marae. Ko Ngāti Rāhiri me Ngāti Kaua Ngā Hapu, ko Ngāpuhi Nui Tōni Te Iwi, ko Deborah Tipinia ni Ashby, taku mama, tōku mama, I'll say. Ki te taha o tōku papa, ko whangatawa tia te maunga, ko te tīnana te waka, ko korau te iwi, ko roma te marae, ko te rāroa te iwi, ko Ronald Bruce Tipinia, taku papa. Ko Hamni taku ingoa, North Sydney, Australia, Aho. Yes, I was born there, but that's all right. <laughs> they needed me. <laughs> ko Ruben Hager, tōku huatāne. Ko Adira Rawa, ko Andre Akutamariki. Tīnoa tahua. They're beautiful. Kei kaio taku kānga noho i nainei. Ko mutu aku mihi, ki a koutou mo tēnei wā. Nā reira, tēnā koutou. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. For those who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, it's just a short introduction of who I am, where I come from, and my people. And I'm, and I'm sharing it in te reo Māori, my native language. A bit about my history. And this is who I am in the natural. But I want to talk to you about who I am in the supernatural. I want to tell you, if you can't remember all of that, I'm Harmony Hagen, I'm a new creation, and I am a child of God. My question to you, I want to ask, is who are you? Who are you? In the grand scheme of things, who are you? Uh, a little testimony, my dad, he doesn't like small talk. It's not his thing, and that's all right. But something he likes to talk about is what really matters to us. When Reuben was trying to impress my family, <laughs> you know, he wanted to impress them because they didn't know who he was for starters. But my dad always kind of sat down with him and wanted to get to know him because he knew this guy meant something to me. And uh, at first, Reuben wanted to talk to him about his job his job was a, was a lot to do with his identity at the time. And he'll tell Dad about the tremendous responsibility he had that was weighing on his shoulders, which by no means wasn't the truth. He's a good worker. However, my dad was more interested in who Reuben was, not what he did. Because who you are often leads to whose you are, who you belong to. It reveals the values you were brought up with, why you do the things you do. It reflects your views, your priorities, and even how you hold yourself. Who you are is a byproduct of whose you are. Amen? All right. To know who you are, you need to know who you come from. Ian Bilby shared last week 
about how us children would often compare our dads, you know, my dad can do this better than your dad. No, my dad can, can cook fry bread better than your dad. That's true. But no one compares to my dad in heaven. He makes the impossible possible. That's my dad. That's who I come from. Let's talk about my dad for a minute. Who is Jesus Christ? God, the Holy Spirit, and what has any of that got to do with me? In Colossians 1.15, it says, 15 to 23, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of the, in the unseen world. Yeah, that's another conversation. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. This is my dad we're talking about. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning and supreme over all, all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. Verse 19, for God in all his fullness, fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Now this is where you come in. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, say yet now, now. he has reconciled you to himself. Through the death of Christ in his physical body, as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy, blameless, as you stand before him without a single fault. This is good news. This is good news. He has brought you into his own presence. He has reconciled you to himself through Christ, and you are wholly blameless and stand before him without fault. Notice this. Has any of that got anything to do with you? (laughs) Did you bring yourself to him? Did you make yourself holy? No, it says, I bring you to myself. Now, what are you going to do with that information? What are you going to do now? <laughs> Whoa. My God. <laughs> Does anyone have a cooler husband, honestly? <laughs> Here's a suggestion. All right, hear me out. Verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you first heard the good news. When you heard the good news, sorry. When was the last time God moved in your life? When was the last time something happened, either miraculous or something of the sort? It says it right here, it says don't drift away from that good news. We know it's so easy to forget the goodness of God, 
but we can so often remember all the stuff he didn't do, you know? But it says here, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. A short testimony. My first child was diagnosed at 19 weeks with a fetal heart block, which means she would not be able to play sports, won't be able to join in with the kids at school. She would actually have to get an operation to get a pacemaker. We were told there was no way she could come out of it. There was no cure. There's no point making appointments to the best people because there's nothing they can do anyway. The day we got the diagnosis, I hopped back in the car with absolute determination to see my baby healed and whole. No if buts or or maybes. I had no time for doubt. Why? Because I knew my God was able to do the impossible. And I know my dad. I can call upon him. I've seen God do miracles. I had to remember the things that he'd done for me and those around me. I've seen God work miracles supernaturally, and I refused to feel anxious because I knew God had a plan and a purpose for my baby. So what did I do? I named her. That was my faith step. I named her Adira, which is Hebrew for strong, noble, and powerful. (laughs) Manawa is her second name, and that's Tereo for heart. I wanted her to have a strong heart. When you know what the issue is, you call it out and you do the exact opposite. If there's something you don't see, say the opposite because heaven agrees with you. Listen, I want to tell you, if you've got a diagnosis from the doctor or if you've got news that has left you feeling hopeless, stand firm in the truth. There is a God whose report for you is life and life to the full. We need to declare the good news over ourselves and over our babies and remind ourselves whose we are. God's waitua lives in us. Romans 10.9, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It was like, you might be saved. No, it says you will because you believed in your heart and you declared with your mouth. Why is it so important to declare from the mouth? Well, it says in the word that the power comes from your mouth, the tongue. What you speak, it can be life or death. So that's why it says you need to declare it from your mouth. Romans 15, oh no, Romans 8, sorry, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's pretty impossible made possible. Romans 15 to 16, it says, chapter 8, verse 15 to 16, it says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his children. Now we call him Abba Father. Verse 16, for a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So as a team, hop back up. This is a power-packed word. Sorry, it might be a bit short, but hey, God uses it. You might see it in your week. 
Not long ago, I had Sophia Bilby. Shout out to Sophia. <laughs> she came to meet me one Sunday after, after a Sunday service, and she grabbed my hands gently, and she said, you don't need to be anyone but yourself. Soon after that, oh, well, at first, I was really confused because I thought, I am myself. I am myself. I like me. I thought, you know, I thought, oh, I'm secure. But soon after that, God revealed to me how much I didn't like who he created me to be. They were like personality traits, the way I viewed things. I'd be slow to understand some things. I wanted to be a planner. I, I, I wanted to be an amazingly ordered person. And then I remember what Sophia said. You don't need to be anyone else but yourself. I then began to remember whose I was so I could reclaim who I am and whose blood runs through my veins. And remember that if God wanted me to be something else, he'll do that. But in the meantime, I'm Harmony who has weird facials and who processes things longer than some. And most importantly, I'm his. I'm his problem. <laughs> yes. I want to remind you that if you've accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, your spirit's papa and lineage became Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have resurrection power in your blood. You have the spirit that created the heavens and the earth dwelling inside you, ready to create. And you have the authority through Christ to speak into your impossible situations and make it possible. He didn't die and rise again only for you to get into heaven, but to live in relationship with him on earth, right here, right now. And do you believe that? Do you believe that he actually did that for you? Do you believe that he died for you? Do you believe that he loves you? Because you're going to come up to a battle of whether you believe that or not. And it's going to make a difference. Who are you? Because the God who created you knows you by name. And he knows how many hairs are on your head. You were born for such a time as this. There's a reason why you're alive. There's a reason. You may think you're too young, but in his word, he uses all ages to glorify him. Young and old. You created with purpose and plans that will prosper you, not to harm you, but give you a hope and a future. God can give you a spirit of boldness and a sound mind. What does that mean? It means peace. He's given you peace if you want it. Sorry, that was a bit. Do you want to receive that this morning? Far out. This God offers his spirit. This is the guy who... who, who who created everything that we see and unseen. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those things you can't see here. He created those and he wants to give them to you. And he gives it to you freely. You don't have to be perfect. He already sees you as perfect. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you're gonna do or what you've already done today, it doesn't matter to him because he has an answer. He knows how to set you free. 
And if you want to receive that, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Because how else are you going to get it? Unless, well, you can go ask him yourself. I'm going to invite you because it's time to reclaim who God's called you to be. It's, re- it's about reclamation. You know, God, God always knew about you before you were even born. He was just waiting for us to believe it. He's waiting for us to come into agreement. He's waiting for us to believe it.